Welcome back, everyone, to another... Oh, let me start that again. No, we're not. Hello, I'm playing <laughs> No, no, I, am, I hold the reins, and I hold the editing reins as well. We are definitely restarting that. We're not, we're not stuttering on sentence 0.5 there. I think that's funny, though. I think we did do that. <laughs> Hello, my name is Richard. I'm playing cricket. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Dirty Twenties podcast. My name is Marcus Dusik, and you know what? Maybe we will leave that all in. And with me, as always, are four ritzy and red-hot role players. Ain't none of them a rube. Please introduce yourself, adventurers. I'm Emily, and I'm going to be playing Lizette. I'm Toby, and I'm going to be playing Longman. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I've already done my intro. I'm done. Yeah, I'm Craig, and I'm going to be playing Salem. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. All right. One of these days, we'll have something coherent that is actually listenable. Uh, no. <laughs> do you think that's what you're getting? You're listening to the wrong podcast. Sorry. <laughs> fair. Very fair. We have several episodes now of evidence to the contrary. Yeah. All right. Well, last we left off, our intrepid adventurers having explored a little bit of the extremely cold zone created by whatever they came here to find, and then encountering a Remmer has, and then finding an abandoned village full of frozen bodies, made their way along the outskirts of this cold zone, encountering a tall Douglas fir named Douglas Furbanks as they made camp carrying with them one of these frozen dwarfs from the village and eventually made their way to the town of Bleakspire, a city built on the bones of a giant's fortress with a tall, almost featureless obelisk in the very center amidst these walls and the city has been built on top of these old abandoned giant structures and our intrepid adventurers found their way to a beautifully and wonderfully kindly run in um, with a really like outgoing and personable proprietor uh, named the Churlish Gnome Inn. I have no idea why. Um, for some reason, our adventurers didn't really love the caretaker. I thought they were fantastic, but apparently our adventurers didn't. So uh, Lisette convinced this churlish gnome to join her at a museum and promptly left him in a, well, uh, an archive of uh, almost literal hell uh, and then returned claiming that the inn was now theirs and they found their rooms, the only other guests in the inn. Of course, only were they were they were enacting innocent. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that is the innocent sound that they heard all night as these two other people were fighting in the other room. They were physically fighting because they are barbarians. Yeah, they were doing physically stuff, all right. Yeah. Right. And uh, and that's where we left off. Rachel and that's all last there twice was. as long. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Depending on what level they are, they can go on all night. <laughs> no, well, oh. maybe if they're berserkers, they'd have exhaustion afterwards. Mm. So. Brings oh, yeah. no meaning to second wind. 
<laughs> oh, but what about when we uh, when they finally accent her? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know what? It's been a pleasure recording every with everybody. Uh, that's it. Thanks for tuning into the Dirty Twenties podcast. Turns out it was only a ten and a half episode series. Uh, we're leaving it there. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Uh, all right. Uh, I almost forgot. In part of my recap, of course, we had a really uh, intense conversation between Lizette and Toby. It is the next morning. Not oh, even long, but just me directly. Step aside, Laudlin. Hey, hang on. <laughs> we talk to this bitch. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Uh, Toby, you're fucking strong. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Yep, we had a conversation between Laudlin and Lizette, and that's definitely what I said. And. <laughs> Marcus during the edit has definitely cut that part out and has not forgotten. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh man! All right. Uh, yeah. So it's the next morning. It's a uh, cool, clear morning. You are in the city of Bleakspire. You are in the Churlish Gnome Inn. As the city wakes up, you hear the sounds of people calling out in the street. Uh, merchants opening up their shop and beginning to kind of announce what they're uh, selling. You hear the rumble of traffic as it begins moving past outside. You feel a new possibility as the day opens. What would you like to do? I'll have you know it took all of my willpower not to go uh, and you hear <laughs> and it's still you. going on. <laughs> thank you so much for resisting and thank then telling us how you resisted. <laughs> that was so good of you. <laughs> I can get a pipe on the back for not following through with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> As you wake up, actually, you uh, the door uh, to that room is open. And you do see sitting out in the kind of common area are these two Goliaths uh, with just like both of them have huge bruise on on each eye. They've got split lip. Their knuckles are busted. Uh, oh, someone uh, busted. All right. Continuity. Wasn't it dwarfs? I, you know what? I can't even remember. I thought it was Goliaths. I thought we had Goliath. No, the dwarves were frozen. The Goliaths were doing it all night. Uh, (laughs) And by it, you mean fighting. Fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They were just fist fighters. My mistake. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Um, Anyway, they are sitting out there. And uh, who do you think, who would wake up first? Oh, Longland. Absolutely. Um, Uh, You know, after a terrible night of just pillow overhead um she'd spring up uh uncover the dwarf that she had in the corner and haul him out into the uh the lobby i guess good morning and like she'd greet the goliath uh the goliaths look at you uh and one of them just uh kind of with a very swollen mouth just who are you and where's the gnome? I'm hungry. Oh, do you not? Oh, right. 
uh, you know what? Hang on. I will get someone who can cook for you and she'll go here. Or, or, oh, okay. Are, are you a guest as well? I, I mean, it feels like I'm putting you out. Uh, I, I just wondered if you knew where the gnome was. The gnome is in a museum. He may or may not be coming back, but we're, we're going to try and get him back. Huh. Well, that's shit. All right. Well, I guess, yeah, if you've got someone who can cook, I mean, really and truly, we just want anything. We're just, uh, yeah, we're just tired and hungry. I'm going to restrain from making jokes that I will go find a here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. Yeah. Pierre uh, comes forward. It's pretty much as soon as you start like turning uh, to go find Pierre, Pierre just appears in front of you, sticks his head over, out of a doorway and says, Miss oh, Lonan, what can I be of assistance with? Oh, um, those Goliaths there, um, are rather hungry. And since we sort of abducted the innkeeper. Uh, Pierre's eyes go, Pierre's go, eyes go wide. As you mentioned that the two Goliaths are hungry and he says, Miss, please, I can do better. Don't don't feed me to the Goliaths. What? I wouldn't. No, 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 no. We. I would never feed you to the. Wait, uh, what's going on, Dee? Lordlin, are you threatening Pierre? But no, 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 no. It's just a misunderstanding, right, Pierre? No one threatens Pierre while I'm around. Oh, if if Miss Lordlin says it was misunderstanding, then I I apologize. I must have. I I just um, you know. Frog legs are a delicacy in some places, um, and those two look like a few. Oh, good night. Um. <laughs> we'll do this again. Put <laughs> her back in my room. <laughs> After sorting it out, uh, Pierre understands what you mean and is happy to go start cooking in the kitchen for the Goliaths and for you as well. Uh, do you put in any special requests for food from Pierre? Um. Something with eggs and veggies. Eggs and veggies, of course. I'll, I'll see what they have, and I'll if not, if needed, I can always run out to the market. I'll, I can be back in in five minutes. Uh, and Pierre uh, starts bustling around. You hear you hear him cooking, and uh, you do hear him leave for a moment. And like within two minutes, he's back. Uh, he comes through the front door with just like arms full of fresh vegetables, um, and uh, just says. Right, uh, sorry, um, they were out of vegetables here, so I, I just went and got some, uh, and runs into the kitchen and sizzle as he begins uh, preparing what sound, what smells like a very delicious breakfast. And I think the rest of you hear uh, Pierre chopping around and start smelling this breakfast as you begin to kind of wake up naturally. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> what is that? Oh, it's an omelette, sir. Sorry, was that I, I couldn't I'm in the kitchen. Was that Richard? Was that Oh god damn it, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> oh oh into the inn and what level am I? Am I a commoner? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm in the kitchen. Was that cricket? Eh? Yeah, I'm just waking up around to like. Yes, sorry, sir. It's an omelet. Um, 
I think that was you that was talking. I, I'm sorry, there's a lot going on, and I, you know, uh, like, you hear him put something down, runs into your room, pokes his head and says, sorry, uh, sir, um, what do you need? I don't think that was me that originally talked. Oh, oh god. Uh, runs over, uh, opens Lizette's door. Uh, uh, miss, uh, I'm sorry, uh, knock, knock. Um, sorry, did you need me? Uh, uh, um, uh, no, no, I did. I don't. Uh, closes the door quickly, uh, like Jesus bounds, Christ. and oh, pretty much as soon as that door has, you hear the sound of that door closing. You also hear the sound of another door like being knocked upon. Uh, um, Salem, um, I apologize. W- was that you? Did you need me? No, I was just asking what was for breakfast. That's all. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, it's it's an omelet. It's quite all right. No problem. Sounds delicious. I'll be done in just a bit. Oh, good. Uh, I'll be back in the kitchen. Uh, and pff, runs away. Uh, I think like runs right past wherever Longlin is standing. Uh, and just kind of looks at Longlin as he's running past. Says, "This is hard." Uh, and then runs into the kitchen. <laughs> I think with that, Lizette will crawl out of her room, not having slept again. <laughs> I'll join you. Oh, let's uh, gather everyone together. Uh, I'm sure that we can all use a breakfast after uh, that uh, night. Uh, quite the quite the journey. Um, I guess I guess I could I could have a bite. Uh, should we should we wake Salem as well? You know what? I, for some reason, I thought that um, yeah, did it, but we'll drag him out of bed. Oh, Pierre kind of woke up the whole inn. It seems. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, oh my god. Chop, 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 chop. Pierre has got the most incredible ears I've ever imagined. Somebody. I can't even imagine the things that he was hearing last night then. Oh, it was no. a real horror show. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe let's uh, move on. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's act as if last night wasn't a thing. Uh, Salem! Get out of here! Come on! As you knock on the door, uh, it'll it'll swing open. Salem is already awake, already dressed, and ready to go. Perfect. All right, let's get some food in. I I feel like uh, we have a big day ahead of us. I believe I heard something about an omelet being promised. Will be Pierre. Yeah, I'm I'm frankly uh quite, quite impressed. I didn't expect chickens could survive in these sort of climates, but uh, well, I suppose. Ingenuity handles a lot of problems. Also magic. For the chickens. How do we know they're chicken eggs? Um, Valid point. They are. They're big. Uh, I don't know which eggs they are, but they are big eggs. Actually, Pierre is a ranger. Nope, Pierre actually doesn't know. He rolled a one. (laughs) Pierre Pierre doesn't know what sort of eggs they are. Um, I'm... All of a sudden, not too peckish, actually. <laughs> what, what, what do we have on the docket for today? Oh, you know, the usual stuff. Saving the world. Dealing with all manner of problems. Um, just the usual. 
I'm gonna try and figure out a way to somehow survive traveling through the cold. Oh, are we going to um to figure out what happened to the dwarves? Yes, yes. Figure out if we can unfreeze that dwarf. Uh, so Emily, uh, Lisette would remember that uh, kind of in her Arcana check, looking at the dwarf, that a spell like a Greater Restoration would work to unfreeze the dwarf. Um, and I think as well, you do know, like all of you do know, that there is uh, a chapter of MacGuffins Incorporated in Bleak Spire as well that might be able to help you with like outfitting gear and stuff. Or there are lots of shops. Well, I I take it that we have a couple different options. Um, either we find a, a local doctor that can cast some kind of re- greater restoration spell on the dwarf, or we can head over to the uh, Bleak Spire branch. I I take it they might have a couple clerics that might be able to help us out, or we can just leave the dwarf with them. That's also another option. I can't imagine carrying him around is very useful. Well, at least we're not going to put him in the museum. I don't know. I think he'd make a lovely statue. Uh, I was going to say Lizette. Um, <laughs> just kind of gives Lizette a bit of a look and smile at her. So I take it that we're going to head to the branch then, unless there are some shops that you want to check out. The branch does seem to be the easiest choice, and they could uh, probably provide us with some more information about what's going on in the city. So, yes, let's do that. Perfect. So, you have a beautiful, delicious breakfast prepared by Pierre. Uh, the Goliaths seem a little nonplussed to have so many vegetables in their food, uh, but they eat it. They eat fairly large portions um, and kind of don't really say very much to you otherwise. Uh, after they finish eating, they just look at Pierre, say, thanks, uh, stand up and start heading out. And as they're heading out, one of them just looks across at the other, uh, punches him across the face, and then books it. Uh, and the other one just and starts chasing after them. And you hear, yes, you hear that sound out in the street as they continue on down the street and away. Uh, sounds like they continue their fight uh, for whatever reason in the open public as well. People are like screaming. You hear a few like car horns, beep, 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 beep. Uh, some people will yell, hey, get out of the way. Um, but eventually the kind of commotion dies down as the Goliaths leave. Oh, they're a bit um, of an exhibitionist couple, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's the term for matches in the, the open, right? Yes. Exhibitions. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, so as you begin, um, I'll leave it up to you. Do you, any of you think you've been to Bleak Spire before? Nope. Nope. Mm. Is there any particularly valuable stuff here? Any particularly large wealth inequalities? Uh, there are definite... Um, yeah, I mean, most major cities have wealth inequalities. I think <laughs> Bleak Spire is pretty... Um, it's pretty well known as a bit of a mining town. And so there are definitely like the mining barons, kind of the these big tycoons that have okay, say no more. Salem's been here just just the once, but Salem's been here before. Okay, beautiful. Um, I think with uh, Salem having been here, you know exactly where the MacGuffins Incorporated headquarters are, or like a uh, branch is. 
sorry um because you have i believe you have city secrets right uh, uh i have something similar no i'm not i'm not an urchin oh right <laughs> <laughs> no i have uh, i have contact and connection oh uh, right i i could oh. have also been here on a job perhaps if that's if that makes more sense no no i think uh i think contact and connection i think you absolutely know that there are people that like you can talk to that would get you the directions that you need um and i think uh yeah you guys begin walking out towards this um yeah all of my underworld contacts the exactly. excellent perfect source to point us straight towards the government <laughs> headquarters but uh, no illicit I, or poor reason whatsoever <laughs> as you are like walking outside of the inn you come like you start walking down some alleyways uh salem is leading you through these like kind of not normal thoroughfares uh and salem you're seeing like a few people like kind of give you a nod and like touch their nose and point in a certain direction and like one person uh like stops you in your tracks uh and just says I can tell you your future, man. Where you're going is not where you belong. You belong to go where you belong to go. And if you go straight ahead in the direction you go, you risk being lost. You need to find a new path. Uh, but you're kind of like, as this person is like rambling and muttering at you, they're kind of pointing in certain directions. And, um, no one else, I don't think, picks up on this, but Salem, you very much get the sense that this person is telling you exactly which way to go. Um, kind of, I think, assuming, uh, based on your companions, that you are indeed looking for something maybe a little bit more official, as this person just kind of stops you in the middle of the road, of the alley, uh, and then looks at the rest of the party. All of you, what are you doing here? I... I, um, uh, hmm. you're quite popular around here, aren't you, Salem? With crowds different than I expected, to be entirely honest, but uh, evidently so. We are, uh, we're bound for a particular place, and you're saying that that place isn't the right place to go. What I'm saying is that why concern yourself with the future when you have to worry about today? But remember, that today was yesterday's future, so why worry about today? Uh, and with that, they just kind of like fade away down another alleyway, and they just start walking backwards, looking at you like, isn't that right? Uh, and they start backing away. But yeah, they kind of before that, you got the sense that they were leading you in a specific direction, and I think, Salem, you've encountered this person before, uh, this is Sal, and that is the entire name that they've ever given you. Um, and Sal loves speaking in weird hyperbole and like kind of thinks of themselves as a life coach. Not the coach's advice I'd ever take, but <clears throat> yes, well, parts of this city may be of, uh, of use to us, but I don't think that we necessarily need to follow Sal's advice here. <laughs> uh, well-intentioned but that's about it did we anyone can... understand what he said 
He honestly reminds me of a guy I met in college. <laughs> Not a good thing. But this reminds me of one. Yes. Not surprising. I feel like he's the embodiment of a particular archetype that, uh... Yeah. Salem scratches the top of their head for a second. Uh... <laughs> shall we go on? <laughs> I agree with that statement. Yeah. We can worry about today, tomorrow, or yesterday, then, and leave Sal to his um, philosophizing. And I'll continue leading everybody on towards the uh, the MacGuffin headquarters. Perfect. Uh, yeah, you, uh, with all your criminal contacts and everything, you are easily able to find your way to the MacGuffin's headquarters. Um, as you approach, you see it's a fairly nondescript office building. It's not like this gleaming tower that New Republica MacGuffins Incorporated houses. Uh, this is a fairly just basic uh, office structure. It's built on the side of what used to be maybe a temple or something a little bit more ornate uh, when this used to be a giant's town. Uh, but the MacGuffins Incorporated kind of field office, as it were here, is probably only about four stories tall. Um, and the doorways are made of glass and there's a lot of art deco like fans throughout the building. Um, and the sign is probably the most like ornate part of this. And it's just a, a big kind of slightly arched sign that says MacGuffins Incorporated, um, Bleak Spire office. And uh, yeah, it looks like a fairly kind of standard building. As you approach, uh, you are just you, you are seen by someone in kind of the livery of a door person as uh, this fairly tall, slender um, cat person, a tabaxi, uh, looks at you. Um, they're bundled up, even though they're wearing like this livery, you can see that they have some clothing underneath to keep off the cold. Uh, and they look at you uh, as you approach. Mm, hello. What can I do for you? Ah, an employee after my own heart. Nodding towards the extra layering. Hmm. Yes, it's god awful cold up here. And frankly, it's. I just. I just love to be warm. Yes. Seconded. But are you here to seek the employment? Are you here for... what? Where can I direct you within? We needed to speak to... Um, logistics? No. Uh, I suppose... Looks back over shoulder. <laughs> what? Do we... <sighs> I, I suppose, uh, human resources? Uh, I don't I, know human resources is it. I don't, I, your uh, first guess is correct, I think. Logistics? Yes? Yeah, you, we'll, go with, we'll go with that. All right. I, I, I'm genuinely not sure. I think logistics is going to be the best bet. Oh. But uh, we, we have a particular problem that relates to company business. Oh, are you employees of MacGuffins? I'm so incredibly sorry. I didn't recognize you. I've been out here for... Quite a long time. Oh, that's quite all right, dear friend. 
We uh, only just arrived in the city ourselves. Oh. Well, please, my name is Ginny, and logistics can be found on the second floor. And Ginny opens the, the door for you. Have a wonderful day. Aren't you a charmer? Thank you, Ginny. Hmm. Of course. Um, Ginny uh, closes the door. You see a fairly nice, like, uh, not incredibly expensive, but still well-made lobby. There's a little bit of marble on, like, the kind of reception desk counter. Otherwise, it's mostly wood. There's hardwood floors with a little bit of inlay in it. Um, and a bank of elevators uh, right behind the reception desk. Old school, classic elevators with uh, brass doors with big Art Deco decorations on the actual door. And one of those classic... Um, elevator arms uh that to indicate what floor it's on like it's actually like a clock hand kind of lever that moves as the elevator rises up and back um and there is like a little plaque beside and logistics is indeed listed to be on the second floor and well after the lot of you then uh, after you yeah <laughs> Long oh, you. Step in. <laughs> that works <laughs> Perfect. As you uh, ride the elevator up, the doors open, and Salem and uh, Cricket, it is almost like being back at your cubicles as you are in like a, an entire like open plan office floor just full of cubicles with people moving about willy nilly, um, papers being thrown. You see more of those like animated. Uh, paper airplanes that seem to be flying of their own volition. And you see kind of like two big uh, suspended signs, one saying logistics, one saying uh, recovery. And you get the sense that logistics and recovery share the floor here. As you open, as the elevator doors open, uh, there's just this wall of sound of like keyboards clacking and people talking. Um, and there is a little, uh, one little desk uh, with a very frenzied looking gnome uh, who has like probably, I don't know, two feet of papers in her inbox. Um, and she's just like pulling a piece off the inbox, folding it quickly, throwing it almost without looking, pulling another piece, throwing it, folding it and like all that. But pretty much it's almost like she can't keep up with it because as soon as she throws one, it seems like two more fly from somewhere else and land on her desk. Uh, and as the elevator doors open, um, oh, uh, hi. Uh, welcome uh, to logistics slash recovery. Um, uh, what can I do for you? Uh, and she just kind of continues to like fold paper and throw them as she's talking, barely looking at the stuff, but also barely looking at you. She's trying to do way too many things at once. You all are very understaffed, apparently. Um, yeah. Do you, uh, do you want a job? Um, we have uh, three open desks. Uh, I know there's four of you. We can squish them together. We can bring in another chair. Uh, that would be a huge help. Actually, you know what? I'll go grab some forms. Uh, no, 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 no. We're, we're already working with you, technically. Uh, just different oh. branch. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, you, oh, great. Oh, uh, so do you need uh, recovery? Do you need logistics? Um, logistics, logistics. Okay, cool. Uh, you're over there, uh, and she points you towards logistics, uh, and uh, grabs a blank piece of paper. Uh, and uh, 
who can I say is, uh, what, what is this for? Who are you? Um, are you here to help with the God awful cold that seems to be permeating the area that is like a mile away from town now? Um, could... yeah, that, that sounds all right. Okay, Special envoys from the capital branch. Okay. Uh, great. Okay. Uh, I will push you right up to the top then. Um, and she kind of scribbles a quick note, uh, folds the paper, throws it. And this paper airplane, uh, flies, does a bit of like a barrel roll to avoid, uh, someone's head just as they're walking down a hallway and it goes into an office and, uh, she says, just, uh, follow the airplane airplane, uh, it, and, uh, welcome to Bleakspire. Uh, and then just goes back to whatever she's trying to do. Ah, uh, smell that exciting off-white paint. <laughs> I can honestly say I do not envy you for having to work in these conditions. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah, uh, wait, uh, are you talking to me or your companions? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not one in the same, really. This is chaotic, even for it my eyes. Yep, it is. Uh, and then she like goes back to whatever she's doing. Uh, Salem's going to catch a few of the paper airplanes that are bound for her desk, just knock <laughs> them out of the air, and uh, uh, suddenly <laughs> stuff them into pockets to lighten her, lighten her workload. That is amazing. Trying uh, to can, avoid any that look especially important. Can you make a... Okay, in that case, can you please make a perception check and then a sleight of hand check? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Perception is... 22 and sleight of hand is uh, 18. Okay. Yeah. You absolutely, you're easily able to see which ones are just like kind of a, almost like a, a reply all kind of thing or like a sounds good. Um, reply all. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just able to snag those out of the air and stuff them in your pocket. And you feel your pocket is now kind of like moving as these letters are trying to get back out and do what they're supposed to do. Um, you should yeah. exist in the first place you <laughs> blight upon email etiquette <laughs> uh, um, yeah uh, you are able to follow that paper airplane and uh, it goes to one of the few offices in this uh, like cubicle hellscape um, and you see on the door um, just a, a faded sign it looks like it's seen way better days it looks like whoever has been here has been here for a long time uh and it just says uh hubert um oh i didn't know i didn't know she given him a last name okay uh he's hubert socks um and you uh, down <laughs> i did I around. Like, what do i see i see socks great his name is hubert socks <laughs> This naming scheme is uh is pretty fit for the world. Yeah, I like it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see, uh, Hubert Socks, um, director of logistics on the door. Okay. I feel like we could find a few more people and get a pretty good idea of everything in Marcus's house right now. <laughs> hey, you are over there with all the um the papers. What's your name? Full name, middle name, please. Oh, um, my name is Pillow Dogbed. <laughs> I don't have right. a name. <laughs> uh, you over there with the um, uh, uh, running around with the phones, the, like the five of them. <laughs> oh, um, my name is uh, Mike Lampshade. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I like your 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 light. You're you're pretty bright. I like it. Oh, thanks very much. You know, I've never heard that one before. 
Uh, and then they mutter, God damn it. <laughs> and I imagine you over there, uh, what, what's your name again? Uh, with uh, the, the one that's dealing with like the, the lineup of, uh, of individuals? Oh, um, uh, my name is, is Penn Whiteshirt. Penn Whiteshirt, yeah. That, okay, I like it, I like it. <laughs> All right, yep. I'm done here. We've got a good idea of what the desk is like and the, the surrounding area. <laughs> I feel like we truly understand the inner workings of Bleak Spire at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, absolutely. Like, this, oh, this intense world building. I've been focusing and like studying it and thinking so hard about naming conventions and languages. And oh boy, the immersion. I can't wait. And with that, let's go meet Mr. Socks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so uh you see the door. The door is kind of like is actually closed and the paper airplane has like fall it hit the door, fell to the ground, unfolded itself, and then kind of like shimmied under the door. Uh and then pretty much like a moment later you hear Oh uh from Blixby itself. Oh uh come on in if you're there. And then you hear as someone sound like just begins to get up off of a chair. Uh, and you just hear kind of like heavy footsteps coming towards the door. Please come on in if you're there. We, we, mm. <laughs> Salem kind of wants to see what's going on inside, but we'll open the door. Okay, absolutely. You see, it's a human man, um, but just like probably 375, 400 pounds, um, only about five feet tall. He seems like whatever desk and chair arrangements are in here were made for either when he was a lot smaller or for someone else entirely. Um, like there's barely enough room for his desk and him and his seat. And he's just kind of like moving his way around the desk. And he's about like halfway around the desk uh, coming towards you. <sighs> Welcome. My name is Hubert. <sighs> what, what can I do for you? Uh, Lonlin, I think this is your ballpark. Hi, I'm Lonlin. Nice to meet you. Oh, it's okay. You can sit down if you want. Uh, we just. We just need to talk to you about the, uh, the shenanigans that are happening outside. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and just kind of, he actually just leans against the, uh, the desk for a moment. I just, whew, I've, I've been working behind the desk for 35 years. I need to exercise more. Boy, howdy. Uh, and then kind of like and sits back down on the chair and you hear it creak um, as if it is like expiring and kind of giving its own last groan before the chair resigns itself to death but it manages to hold on and uh, Hubert gestures for you mm. So you're from New Republica itself. Yes, 
Yeah, and uh, Lonlin will chuck the dwarf that she's been carrying like in front of, <laughs> like on the other side of the desk. And just, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about your companion. Uh, hmm? It's she like look back of... to the others. <laughs> <laughs> Look them over. Like, yes, he suffers from a terminal case of uh, mm. too much sugar in his diet. Mm. You know, I feel him. I just love this stuff too. Um, also, just pretty much anything. And I guess when you're the director of logistics, things you can you can find pretty much anything you want. So, I'll admit, I I recently about. Well, five years ago, really did officially kick the can on the whole drinking thing and and the smoking thing, and I feel like I've had to replace it with with, with um. Anyway, you don't need to hear my life story. Uh, you are. What's wrong with your dwarven companion here? Uh, pointing at the frozen statue. I feel like this is sort of layered because we went into that snow globe thing and oh everyone God. is frozen and so we thought we'd bring him back and hopefully get him fixed but we also need proper gear if we're going to go back in and My... we're hoping you could help us oh, yes of course i can help you but my god you, you've already been in and you you came out alive and wow you must be formidable i'm i'm Oh, I'm very glad that, that the capital has sent for this fit to send us some of the rest. It really wasn't that hard. Oh, well, how long were you in there for? Yeah, I was. Give or take. Okay, well. Something along those lines. Felt like an eternity. <clears throat> That's most of, most of the people we've sent in, they, well... They haven't lasted very long, or they just haven't come back yet. So, uh, I'm happy to hear that you lasted and were able to come out, at least, even if it was only for a few hours. So, um, yes, uh, we'd be happy to help. Uh, what, what do you know about how this started? Well, we were sent here to extract some kind of artifact, that was essentially causing all of this to begin with. Um, there's there's something about um, about bringing horrible death and destruction via some cult, so that that might be connected. I'm not quite sure. Um, oh, I don't but, I don't know about that part. Oh, okay. And he starts like taking. He pulls out a pad of paper and starts scribbling down some notes about like corruption and stuff. Yes, quite. Um, and. It does seem that there are some folk that are being essentially petrified, like our friendly statue dwarf here. Oh, oh, is, is, is he one of the locals? He's not one of your party? No, no, of course not. Um, oh. Okay. He was one of the locals in some village that we found. It seemed that all of them were petrified like this. It can be fixed quite easily, essentially, which with some clerical work. But it is something that is another, I guess. Sorry, I, I don't follow you. How is 
sorting paper going to help with this? What do you mean by clerical work? Oh, oh sorry. Do you mean cleric? Work of clerics? I got work it. Sorry. Cleric. Yes. Oh, okay. Not, sorry. Not clericals and clerks. Clerical right. and clerics. Oh, okay. Sorry. You know, I get a little bit short-sighted here. My entire life is clerical work, so I was confused. I didn't think um, I could help. I mean, I'm not entirely ruling out that that might be a solution as well. There's there's no thing that can't be solved with a little bit of organizing. Uh, they conspicuously like look past you at the like chaos that is outside and just say, yeah, totally. Easily done. Uh, and uh, yeah, he be sorry. He begins to just keep uh, like writing things down. Um, well, uh, if you if you uh, want, we, we I'm sure we have someone on staff who could do this. Um, uh, also, uh, you, are you you're planning on going back into into this zone of unnatural cold and and finding what's causing it? I mean, that's why we were sent here. That and um, a attempt at witness protection that we have not been quite too good at following. But I believe that that is our purpose here in Bleak Spire. My bad. Right. Okay. It's not all your fault, Cricket. I can't say that. Not all of us are a little bit to blame. Okay. Um... Yep, that sounds above my pay grade, to be honest. I'll just deal with the um with with the uh hellscape of, of cold that's getting closer every day. Uh speaking of said cold hellscape, <clears throat> do you have any idea where we ought to start? We've got some information, but having a uh, a local perspective, especially from one as experienced as yourself, surely it would give us quite a boon. Yes. So uh here's what we know. Um, about 22 days ago, 23 days ago, I think now, uh, this about five mile radius of just god awful cold just seemed to appear out of nowhere. Um, we do know that in that area, there is a, uh, well, there's a glacier field and underneath this glacier field, uh, a team of dwarves were mining, looking for minerals within the glacier rocks that had been trapped by the ice that they could uh, use, precious metals and such, um, things used for alchemical processes. But, um, yes, 23 days ago, that mysterious thing erupted and has been steadily moving outwards since it's now a mile and a half or so from the outskirts of Bleak Spire itself, and we are kind of working full on to see if we can stop it somehow. But um, there, about two days after it appeared, uh, someone did come stumbling out of the cold, um, very, very frostbitten, um, uh, and unfortunately, um, well, seems to have suffered a lot of. Uh, of damage, uh, had a lot of dried blood coming out of his ears. Um, uh, his... Sorry, dried blood coming out of his ears? Yes, it... So, um, his name was Gil. Uh, he was one of the miners, and 
um, he said that uh, they were him and his team were were digging and they found something in the ice. Uh, Gil wasn't near the front, so doesn't know exactly what they found, but heard a horrible scream. Um, and Gil hasn't heard anything since. Sorry, what was his last name? Oh, uh, his last, last name is Frostfeather. I know. It's a normal fantasy <laughs> last name. Damn it, I was hoping for... <laughs> <laughs> hoping to ruin the great tension that Marcus was building. Gil pop filter, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Frostfeather. He hasn't heard anything since uh, and has been muttering relatively insensate for the last time, just talking about the cold that bites the hand that feeds it and uh, talking mostly about um, horrors that he's seen, but we can't get a sense of it. And um, he seems that he was mostly deaf before, uh, before this happened which might be the only thing that saved his life. Uh, but nevertheless, he is now fully deaf, and uh, he managed to crawl out of the tunnel and only lost five fingers to frostbite. So I guess a victory in that cold after two days? He seems to have been one of the lucky ones, yes? Yes. Um, no one... No one else from the mining team has has found their way out. Um, Would we be able to speak with Gil? You can definitely try. Um, like I said, he is deaf and mostly, uh, well, whatever happened to him seems to have robbed him of many of his faculties. This little bit of information we have gleaned from him took several hours of parsing rambling but you are of course welcome he is uh one floor down in our hospital wing which is probably also where you will find someone who can help with this dwarven uh statue which is uh, to be honest very unsettling by the way they are in a rictus of fear and i don't know why but you orient them so they're looking directly at me this entire time um well, it's rude not Look at someone when they're speaking, right? Right. Um, he, he's a frozen statue. And, like, just, okay, uh, he kind of, like, leans forward and just spins the statue around, so it's looking directly at Lonlin. Hello. Um, oh, so you're, you're fine just seeing this expression of pure horror, just looking at you, unmoving for her extended periods of time i'm not okay with it but i don't know if he's awake I, I don't know if he can hear us and i would hate to think that we're purposely ignoring him while the little world goes by i don't know if it helps but he is fully conscious oh yeah that's oh. why we're doing all that yes because he is stuck petrified while still being entirely conscious of everything that we're doing and saying and seeing. Yeah. 
There you go, and she'll like spin him back around. You know, we uh, should probably bring him to that mythic room with Quicksand in that case. Uh, we should also go talk to this Gil person because he seems like the most interesting person that we've actually come across recently. <laughs> that is very exciting. Lonan looks hurt. It's like, oh. <laughs> um, the cold oh. the hand that feeds it that is utterly fascinating you have to admit that just being able to witness those horrors firsthand she's already <laughs> like book clutched to her chest like trying not to run down oh. to this person as fast as she can <laughs> there's a lot of similarities between the two of you aren't there finally one <laughs> <laughs> understands <laughs> oh my god, alright. Maybe we uh, could Hubert, just uh, leave Lizette with, with, with Gil and <laughs> feel like back in a day and have, have a little Gil and Lizette playdate. Yeah. Yeah. Put, I you mean, think we're two Elder Chorus in the same room together? Great. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wonderful things. Something can happen from that. I do care of our little Lizette now. <laughs> uh, perfect. Hubert uh, says that he will start organizing whatever you might need for an expedition into the cold, including warm weather gear, some potions of warmth, stuff like that, uh, seeing whatever they can provide for you. Uh, he does mention that things have, they are a little bit strapped, so they don't have an infinite supply of such potions, but he can definitely supply you with like warm weather gear. Um, some provisions, all that sort of stuff that you might need. And uh, yeah, down one floor, you find the hospital wing. Uh, and it's another, like, it's a, this one is a slightly different layout. It's more like hallways and offices and departments. Um, but as you kind of come down from the elevator, there is uh, a set of double doors with a uh, care facility uh, just written above it. And as you enter through these double doors, the the swinging like hinged double doors of a hospital, um, you see a whole bunch of beds, uh, most of which are empty currently. Um, and it's like quite a like standard kind of hospital ward that you would see um, with a few like humans and dwarves and gnomes uh, in nurse outfits. And they're moving about cleaning bedsheets, uh, tending to the few wounded that are in here. And at the far end, you do see um, like just a small office, uh, which just has like head healer written above it. Uh, and you do see, uh, probably like almost right beside the head healer, you do see a curtained off uh, bed, something that like a bed that has been fully curtained off, but you can hear someone mumbling behind the curtain. And we'll go call their friend over to the head healer. Hello, excuse me. Hi. And just kind of heave him down and just poke <laughs> her head in. <laughs> <laughs> uh you see a um fairly rotund um again not, not no nowhere near as big as hubert just like big boned um well fed but quite happy uh you see a uh human woman 
uh, wearing a clerical or a cleric's kind of robes, uh, who looks up from behind her desk, uh, says, all right. Oh, hello. Uh, what can I do for you? Um, my name is Sally. Oh, nice to meet you, Sally. I'm Lonlin. Um, this is my friend, and I, I don't know his name, but maybe if you could create a rest of him, I could learn his name. Oh, well, of course. Uh, yes, uh, by all means. Uh, she kind of realizes who you're gesturing to, and the statue says, Oh, dear God. Um, has... Has he come from within the storm? Yeah, we kind of took him from his home. He looked kind of scared and sad, so we brought him. There's a lot of hey. them out there that look like this, actually. Hey, okay. Uh, well, um, we we can definitely do something like that. Uh, yes, uh, just give me a moment to find what I need to prepare it. And she starts kind of opening drawers and pulling out a few diamonds and looking at them like oh, no not quite that one uh pulls one out is that right okay um so uh this dwarf uh has been um frozen for several days now at least um uh and she calls over to a couple of the other nurses uh tom uh susie uh can you go get a uh a hot bath ready please um and she says, right, so I think we'll we'll wait until that's prepared, just so that as soon as he's unfrozen, we can put him in there, get him nice and settled, uh, and calls over to, like, the third nurse who's out there. <clears throat> Chuckles, uh, can you please go get a bowl of, of the chicken noodle soup from down in the kitchen? Thanks very much. Uh, and uh, you see that little, like, the, the third one is quite a young gnome uh, who just says, okay. Uh, and then runs off uh, downstairs. And uh, after about a minute or two, a hot bath is brought forward, and uh, she looks at the party and says, Hey, um, is, anybody, is everybody ready to meet your friend? I'm ready. Doesn't mean it's a little situation. Uh, hopefully they're all right. Perfect. Uh, Lisette, have you uh, bothered um, sticking around with this, or did you kind of poke directly into where, like, the curtained-off bed? Oh, I booked it to the curtained-off bed. Kind of what I figured. Has right. No, no investment in this dwarf. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Uh, we'll get to Gil in just a moment. <laughs> um, this uh, this healer uh, leans down. Uh, looks at the statue says right okay well i've only got about two more of these per day or today so let's let's go uh and she casts uh greater restoration and you watch as the ice begins to very quickly thaw as like the form underneath this uh takes on a livelier pallor um, the kind of pale skin fades a little bit or rather uh, increases in color a little bit. Water starts dripping down. Uh, big chunks of ice actually fall off and are uh, 
they reveal uh, flesh with a big long beard and this dwarf is just sitting there on his knees still looking fairly scared uh, and is just shivering um, and as he looks up he just says thank you thank you so much oh you're right I've been aware of everything for the last week it's been horrible um, and the two nurses pick him up and put him in the hot bath uh, but he looks at you at the 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 party that kind of carried him and says thank you thank you so much you've saved my life that means that the whole village back there every one of them knew that well we clearly need to be be done with this as fast as possible i'm not going to leave dozens of people sitting out freezing aware of a horror visited upon them at the same time i've been I've been so scared for for over a week now. Every single moment I couldn't even sleep, I've been so scared. You you brought me forth and took me out of the cold and I'm still shivering and I'm still cold, but it's so much better. Thank you so much. What was your name? Odin. Thorin of my my village. Well, we're we're just we call, we just called it Green Meadow. I was just called Thorin of Green Meadow. Meadow. Um, my my mother is is Thurval of Green Meadow. Ah, uh, I I don't know where she is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mom. And he just starts like crying as he kind of realizes that he is away, but the rest of his family is still back where they were. I don't know what sort of group think that this is what the world ought to be. It wasn't a group. It wasn't a group. It was one thing. I, I only caught a, a glimpse of it before I went into my house and hid. It was, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. This creature came out of the woods into the center of our town and the snow stopped falling as they did. And as this creature just, I don't, I couldn't even describe it, but their, it's like their flesh was, was rippling with, with anger. And it's like they weren't there, but that they were everywhere, and I could feel them, and they looked towards me, and I felt my bones convulse in fear, and I sat down in a corner and tried to pretend they weren't there, and it didn't work, and then suddenly everything went quiet. Well, you're here now. We're going to try and solve this problem, but we just need to just need to get our poop in a group, so to speak. <laughs> uh, he looks at you and you, there's like a shocked, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I just, um, <laughs> that was a great expression and I was not um, prepared. Uh, and then he just starts kind of laughing 
a little bit like softly to himself, but getting a little bit louder. And uh, the two nurses start soothing him and saying, it's all right. Oh, it's all right. It's all right, dear Mike. It's all right, friend. Uh, and Chuckles comes back in carrying a bowl of soup and hand. Oops, sorry. Carrying a bowl of soup and hands it to uh, this dwarf. And uh, Sally looks at you and says, Right. So, um, I think good for you for bringing this one back. Um, I'm sure if you, if you need to talk to them, I'm sure he'll be calmer in about an hour or so. Um, but it, it can be hard coming back at this time. I, I think that might be as much as we should question. We should probably let him rest now. Oh, of course. Yeah, he's in more than capable hands, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it'll be fine, and like Lonlin will look to the other. See, that Lizette is clearly not there. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And so as all of this is happening, this is all, you, Lizette, you can kind of hear this happening in the periphery, but as soon as you enter through the curtain, um, you see a dwarf uh, wrapped up in quite a few bandages um, with still like, that frostbitten black nose, uh, a big, long white beard, uh, huge, heavy wrinkles under each of his eyes, uh, but a, just a gaunt face. Um, and he's shaking and like looking around without actually seeing anything. Um, and you just hear him muttering incoherently. Oh, hello. Hello. No, no, no cold. Cold bed. bed the hands in spite is cold. Uh, it just it keeps coming. The snow, it, it's never ending. The, the world is going to cold, frozen air, 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 air is the enemy. We must. And then just kind of like keeps divulging into like whatever sign of like track his mind is going. Lizette is like notebook already out, already <laughs> writing down every word this guy is saying. <laughs> uh can you make me a straight up investigation check or you know what actually um yeah let's say a history check to see if you can figure out kind of what anything he's saying is relevant uh, that is a 28 oh my god okay perfect so um do you say anything or try to interrupt him or you do you just listen to uh what he's kind of rambling um Marcus, I have a question. Yeah, of course. So, I know a stupid amount of languages. Yeah. Do I know um, CSL, common sign language? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, you know what? Can you please roll me a luck check? Oh, luck check. Great. Yeah. It's a straight up oh, one thing I'm not good at. Oh, okay. That's a 17. 17. I think you do know CSL, and I think oh, with the I'm 17... Writing that down. Yeah, I think that he also knows CSL, at least rudimentary. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Lizette is, like, taking notes. Um, she's kind of muttering under her breath, too. Um, and, like, very, very cautiously approaching him, because she kind of relates a little bit. Um, and she's just gonna, like, very slowly, like, sign hello to this guy. Cool. Uh, so, I think um, for that, I'll get to your invest or your history check in just a moment. Can you make me just a persuasion check to see if you can kind of 
get this guy's attention. Do, 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 do. Okay, that's that's a that's a twenty one. A twenty one. Uh, you manage to sign hello, and this kind of stream of rambling pauses for just a moment. Uh, and the eyes pass over you almost without seeing you, but they seem to register for just a moment on your hands. Uh, and he says, Bro. Uh, and then like instantly his eyes kind of blank over again and he goes back to rambling uh, and muttering. And uh, I think with the 28, what you pick up on the kind of salient points, um, he keeps repeating things about um, the cold that bites the hand. Um, he doesn't always end it with that bites the hand or that feeds it. Sometimes it's just the cold that bites the hand. Um, and I think with a 28 in history, um, you also notice that he keeps like pointing towards like what his, his ring finger or where his ring finger would be. He like, he's pointing at it. Um, and then occasionally like he'll make like gestures as if he's putting on or taking off a ring. Um, yeah, you get the sense that he's definitely talking about some sort of ring. Um, and I think as well with the 28, um, he talks about hearing, um, like he talks a lot about the sound that he heard. Um, and it's a, it sounds similar to, um, I think like you've had a lot of stuff that has entered your mind, a lot of external sounds that have just entered your mind without passing through your ears. And you get the sense that whatever he heard, not only did he hear it with his ears, he heard it with his mind, which is why he kind of went insane, which is what drove him to this muttering. And I think the last thing you pick up on with a 28 is that the voice that he heard um, knew who he was. All right. Um, Gil, and I'm going to sign. Uh, and again, the mumbling stops for just a moment as he looks at your hands. Gil, I'm a Lizette. You experienced the cold, yes? Uh, and he begins just muttering again. It's the cold that bites the hand that feeds it. The cold that bites the hand that feeds it. So much cold. Uh, Did they, the okay. cold bite your hand? Um, and he, as when you do that, he looks directly at his hand uh, and covers it with like the remaining three fingers on his other hand. He has like on his right hand, he's got three fingers left and he covers his hand with it. Uh, and he just says, no, 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 uh, no, no, uh, no. Um, and like, uh, is shaking his head. And as soon as you ask if he has like put the ring on, essentially, um, he, begins shaking and you see this like fear come over his face. And if anything, it looks gaunter as this fear comes into him. Um, and then he gets uh, calm for just a moment, looks directly at you, not at your hands, but at your eyes uh, and says, you know, uh, and then goes back to mumbling and like shaking and convulsing. Oh, okay. Um, it's oh, the first time anyone's made eye contact with me in a while. I know what. You know what? 
inside is. Um, and then, but no, no, don't tell them, no, don't tell them anything. If they no, tell no, them, no, they'll know. Uh, Gil, Gil, tell me, I, it's okay, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm safe, you're safe here. Can you make a persuasion check with disadvantage, please? Ah, yes. oh, damn it, I rolled a natural 20. <laughs> Oh. oh, that's fine. It's still a, it's still a 25. <laughs> okay. Uh, perfect. Uh, with a 25, um, Gil takes this moment and like, you see something within him, uh, like steals himself. Um, and he like takes a breath and again, he looks directly at you and you hear, uh, not audibly, but you hear, something in your head you hear a voice in your head and it just says it is coming and it wants the world um and you get a series of pictures flooding into your mind you see um pictures of gil like kind of throughout his life actually you see uh, these pictures of a young dwarf running and playing with friends and falling down a hole into cold and being trapped underground for a day. Um, but then kind of like learning to overcome that fear and take ownership, ownership of it by going underground on purpose. And you see him pick up his first pickaxe and begin mining, um, working with like cousins and friends and you see this flash of um, like joy as they uncover something magical uh, back when Gil's beard was still red and uh, people are laughing and singing. And you see uh, Gil dancing with a beautiful dwarven woman um, and holding a child in his arms. And then you see uh, Gil and his wife standing in front of a grave with a very small headstone on it. And you see Gil more forlornly going about the act of mining. Um, and then you see Gil standing beside another grave alone. This one, um, you don't read a name on it, um, but it's right beside wherever, like the one that had his child. And you see Gil moving forward uh, with his life and, hunching his shoulders more and his beard becoming incredibly white as he begins swinging his pickaxe more and more morosely. Um, and you see him, uh, like 20 years later, full white beard, uh, going out silent with a group. And as this mental image enters your mind, you also hear just, uh, kind of like a muffled, like clicking sound as if like that is all that Gil can hear now. Um, and, uh, you see this group walking through a tunnel made entirely of ice and they begin chiseling and you hear kind of a, as it sounds like someone excitedly kind of calls out and Gil, uh, looks in like your focus shifts to down the tunnel. And, one of the other dwarves on the team holds up this ring. Um, and as soon as they hold up the ring, uh, you like this, your vision flashes forward and you are like, you are the dwarf who held, who is holding the ring. 
and the dwarf puts the ring on and you hear um just this horrible god awful screech uh both inside your head and in your ears and you watch as all of the dwarves in front of you fall to the ground writhing in agony uh you see gil at the far end um still writhing in agony but somehow less so than everybody else um and this dwarf that uh put the ring on like your consciousness is now kind of in this dwarf and you feel pure menace now you feel just anger and a joy at watching the suffering of these dwarves um and this your focus looks down at the ring on this finger which magically has resized to fit the dwarf properly as ice begins moving fully down this arm as if like the veins themselves were coming up behind below the surface but the ice is on top of the surface um and you feel this sense of cold but you also feel this sense of yes destroy the world freeze it um and the last kind of image you get the last picture you get in your mind is uh this explosion of cold sweeping outwards and it's not cold because of the air temperature it's cold because it is made up of all of the negative lonely emotions in the world it is made up of everyone who has ever felt alone or misunderstood or sad or heartbroken and it is all of that cold energy of the world flowing outwards from this one central location and then the vision stop and it's been a fraction of a second and gil is muttering and weeping on the bed in front of you she kind of reaches up and, and and wipes away um some tears that are just like inky black and staining her already paper white skin um okay i thank you for your for your um for your uh, thank you oh i'm i'm sorry thank you gil uh, i'm so sorry and she's gonna uh, Gil, like yeah Gil doesn't respond she's gonna like gather her things and like back out very quickly and like um Lonlin, cricket Salem uh, we we really need to go and with that we're gonna take our break hell yeah <laughs> Twenties podcast is sponsored this week by Coco Channels, magical fashions for casters of discerning taste. If you are someone who understands the power of garments and appreciates exceptional craftspersonship, Coco Channels is the store for you. Carrying the hottest fashions, custom tailored to your unique figure and taste, you're sure to find the perfect outfit for a night out on the town. 
Whether you're a gravy man, a flapper, a mall, a doll, a cake eater, a swank, or a dame. And every outfit made by Coco Channels is designed with magic in mind. Specialized wand pockets can be added to any garment, guaranteed not to alter the cut. And many of the fabrics used have been specially treated to withstand that accidental fireball or acid splash. So, next time you're in Bleakspire, come on down to Coco Channels. Magical fashions for casters of discerning taste. We are also sponsored this week by the Bleak Spire chapter of MacGuffins Incorporated. If you have a knack for organization, resource allocation, or typography, your skills are in high demand at the moment. Seriously, we need all the help we can get. We have a veritable mountain of opportunities for someone like you to shine. Enjoy fantastic employee benefits like paid parental leave, job security, access to our state-of-the-art training facilities, retirement plans, and much, much more. So, what are you waiting for? Seriously, what are you waiting for? The papers are 90% filled out. You just need to sign your name. So come on by and join our team. Please. Well, welcome back from break, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, yeah, I think, Lisette, as you back away, the rest of the party has just finished uh, with Thorin, and you see each other. Lisette is, like, <laughs> shaken, shaken up more than usual. Um, and you can definitely see that, like, it's it's as if she's been crying, like, literal ink like it's kind of staining her face too and down her chin and she's like okay um we whatever is going on we need to get get on that shit as fast as possible i i agree but what happened Um, okay i i'm fine i i'm fine um it's whatever what we're not looking for an it. We're not looking for a thing. We're looking for a a, a person. Uh, there's there's someone out there who is is um causing all of this. Essentially, yeah, yeah. One one of the one of the miners. Are they still in the the uh, the weird uh, vortex thing? I don't know where they are. I only know what it felt like. Um. It's it's a, a complicated long story. Um, essentially, we need to get moving. The longer that this is around, the more that this cold spreads, the, the more powerful, the more destruction that'll occur. I'll go run and go get the potions that they, they promised, uh, the potions of warmth and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, let's meet up at the uh, the house and we'll head off. Yes, um, enough time to, to get any gear that we might find necessary. Um, can't say that this is going to be an easy one. No, definitely not. Uh, I'll find a map. Clearly we're going to need to get to this mine. 
And at the very least, if the miner's not there, there's a place to start looking. Right. Uh, see everyone in an hour? Yes. Let's uh, regroup back at the inn in an hour. Perfect. Yeah, so I think with that, you are able to go... Uh, Hubert has provided, like, has managed to wrangle a bunch of cold weather gear, has provided you with uh, 10 potions of warmth, which will kind of stave off the effects of extreme cold for one hour. Um, but only was able to provide you with 10, but combined with the cold weather gear should give you a bit of an edge, uh, provides you with a bunch of food, um, kind of some looks around, uh, and then provides you with a sloshing bottle, um, which he says, it's, uh, it's not magical, but um, hopefully it'll help keep you warm. Um, and uh, yeah, you're able to gather all of the stuff you kind of can gather in an hour, including a map and whatever else you might want. Is there anything in particular anybody needs before uh, you head out of Bleakspire? Braver Restoration. Get rid of my last point of exhaustion, please. Oh. Yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still very tired. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, a I very good point. Exhaustion. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. No. Pump a full of uh, greater uh, restos, please. You know what? I think uh, I think well, didn't, that the, didn't we have a long the, rest, or are we are we not down a point of exhaustion? Yeah, well, I guess, we're, but yeah, that still leaves us all level one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, you know what? I think um, yeah, you can definitely you can ask the the nurses, and they'll give you a little bit of something. Um, kind of like it's a they'll give you a bowl of of warm soup. Um, that as soon as you drink, uh, you feel really good and invigorated. And it'll get rid of that level of exhaustion for uh, for the cold. If it was like level of exhaustion from overexerting yourself, not so much. But from cold, uh, you can absolutely. I think that like that hearty brew, hearty broth, uh, warms you up enough that you can feel that like sense of being back to normal. Perfect. That's exactly Perfect. what I needed. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so you have everything you need. And uh, Pierre begins uh, looking at the map and begins leading you towards the entrance to the cave. Um, you know that the kind of boundary of this is about an hour and a half outside of, or sorry, a mile and a half, not an hour and a half, which I, I guess a mile and a half is about three hours or no, sorry, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's about half an hour. That's what it is um, outside of the uh outside of kind of the last outskirts of bleak spire so it'll probably take you about uh, almost an hour to walk there just to walk to uh the edge of bleak spire then walk the half an hour um and again as you approach and this has all happened fairly quickly it's probably only about noon of that same day um before you leave pierre manages to wrangle up a little bit of food uh gives you some lunch um and again it's a bright clear day but you get to like that boundary again the edge of this cold zone and it is again like a solid wall of snow 10 feet tall and you know that as soon as you go through that biting cold is going to get you you are dressed up in a whole bunch of cold weather gear uh my question before you go in do any of you take a potion of warmth ahead of time You've only got 10 and they only last for an hour. 
Lizette how long? Not. No, hold on. How, how long on the map does it look like it's going to take us to march there? Uh, you know, it's going to be about um, probably around fifteen miles because it's about it's almost a thirty mile radius uh, into kind of like roughly where they estimate the this thing originated. Um, so it's about yeah about fifteen miles to the entrance of the uh, of the mine, and you know that. Uh, because of Pierre, you can walk there in kind of normal time, even though it's incredibly deep snow. Um, and so you've got like, is it what, three miles an hour? So five hours to get there kind of thing. And the potions only last an hour. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to take one either. Okay. I'm going to hold off, but before we go in, I'm also going to cast aid on um, Lizette, Salem, and Cricket. So that's uh, plus five. Uh, cool. The hit points for eight hours. What do you want to do about on Pierre? I, I, I'm, I'm okay for the most part. Oh, is Pierre with us? I mean, yeah. We talked. We talked for the right, last right, time. Right, right, right. Okay. He didn't have much time to live, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give it to Pierre instead of Cricket then. I, 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 I want, I want to see, the amazing Fated Four, uh, do their work. No, 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 Pierre. Fated Five. What point to him? Uh, and he kind of blushes, which is weird for a cold-blooded creature to do. Um, but he blushes. It's like, I just, it's very kind. Um, and a, a single tear rolls down his cheek and almost instantly freezes in the cold air outside. Let's um, not be crying anymore, because like, if that could stick <laughs> to your eyeball. In there, probably would. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, so, if you are about to enter... Um, can everybody please make me a so with the warm weather gear, the DC is now just ten. Um, so if everyone can please make me a DC ten uh, Constitution saving throw. Yeah, it's not gonna have fun. Remember your plus three. That's beneficial. Pierre passed. Nice. Nineteen. Oh, awesome. Oh, already? Damn it! I fail. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Nine. This one, this one is not a level of exhaustion. This one, oh sorry. This one is seven points of cold damage. As okay. it's just that shock of the system as you enter this incredibly cold area, it just instantly like hurts to come in here. How much damage is it? Uh, seven. Um, I'm gonna use aura of the guardian. And I'm gonna take Salem's damage. Oh, ah, that's so kind. <laughs> I know they have like no HP, so yeah, they need everything. Oh. Yeah. You know, if you weren't gonna do that, I was gonna do something similar. So yeah. <laughs> I have I am <have> no help. <laughs> <laughs> I cause <Yeah>. only problems. <laughs> you know what? Lizette, as long as you don't blow us up, you're doing a positive. Yeah, Lizette, as long as you're not actively dealing damage to me, I think that's about as much as I expect. Well, I mean, with the way that things are going right now, I make no promises going into this, but I will try my best. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, so you all kind of push in and again, you're walking into a wall of snow. So part of the cold damage is just like that instant cold of getting in and getting the snow kind of down a few of your sleeves as you have to like crawl yourself up up to the top and then put on the snowshoes that were provided by MacGuffins Incorporated. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, you begin walking forward. Uh, Pierre begins leading you. And again, that bitter wind just almost makes it so that's all you can hear. It's just this like overpowering wind with blowing snow constantly falling. Um, and the trees that you can see most, I mean, again, they are buried in 10 feet of snow. Um, but most of them are bare of any of their needles. And you just see this, like these twisting visages in the trees. And I think after having spoken to Douglas Furbanks, you get the sense that it's not just that these trees are like cold. It's that they have been corrupted. Uh, there's kind of no two ways about it. These trees have been corrupted. And I think you've all heard enough stories about what it was like during the actual time of the corruption. Um, that some of like what was ascribed in those stories are trees that have like grotesque faces uh, grown into them. And you get the sense that this is very much linked to corruption. Um, and, uh, you continue walking forward, um, at the end of the first hour, can everyone please make me another constitution saving throw again, DC 10. 14. Nice. 12. 12. Win succeeds. Uh, 20 and 19 from, uh, Pierre and I. Salem, as you are walking through again, like you are bundled up as much as you possibly can. You are a kid in a snowsuit who can barely move their arms. Um, and even still, this cold just enters your body. <gasps> and after an hour, uh, <laughs> you feel yourself getting slower and slower your thought patterns are slowing down as you're just focusing on the fact that it is so ungodly cold here and you gain two levels of exhaustion two? oh my god natural oh. one yeah. it happened to lizette earlier yeah this is an unnatural cold this is a magic cold that seeps into your bones um and i think as well with a natural one um salem not only do you gain a, two levels of exhaustion you feel sad. Um, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say I got a brand new car or something. <laughs> <laughs> and behind this curtain, we have two levels of exhaustion. And behind this curtain, we've got a brand new car. Uh, unfortunately, you only got the the two levels of exhaustion curtain, and you look. You feel sad because you didn't get the car. Uh, oh, it's even worse. <laughs> um. But yeah, you feel this sense of moroseness kind of enter your body. And Salem, you feel as well, in addition to just a general like melancholy, a general sadness, you feel this memory of your grandfather um, who kind of has never really understood you. And you feel this just memory take over you as uh, you remember back to a time in your childhood when your grandfather was visiting with your mother uh, sitting in the parlor and 
you came in to show them something. What did you show your grandfather? Um, I think probably some of my early musical work, which was probably not very good. <laughs> um, you come in, uh, you begin playing, and instantly you see your grandfather sigh, look over at your mother, and just say, Dear, please tell your child that I do not need to hear their music. Um, and your mother, uh, comes to your defense. Your mother, like, kind of gets rightly pissed off at her father, um, starts berating him. But the overwhelming sense you have is it doesn't matter how good you play. It doesn't matter if you are a virtuoso. Your grandfather doesn't believe music is a valuable use of your time. And even though your mother is coming to your aid, the thing that you remember is the look in your grandfather's eyes as he sighs, stands up, looks to your mother and says, I shall return when it is quiet. Uh, and then looks at you and then leaves. As that memory enters you, kind of unbidden, you don't know why it came to you. Is there anything that Salem wants to have said? Probably not. Honestly, I, I think uh, Salem would have looked back and forth between their grandfather and their, their mother and um, put the, the instrument on a table um, and walked back up to their room. Since I imagine at that age, their younger sister wouldn't have been around yet. Probably not. As this kind of happens, is there anything that adult Salem would like to say? Right. Cold. Mm. What is wrong with this place? Damn it! I just... mm. Are you all right? I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. Just it's so cold, but I'm so, I'm so angry. I just so upset. I. I... Deep breaths, um, and Lizette is gonna like walk over and offer her arm to them, like they did on the train, like the one nice gesture Lizette's ever done. It's don't let it get to you. If if we let the cold consume us, we're we're no better than the thing causing it. Thank you. You're right. And uh, since I can, I can barely walk right now. Anyways, I think my speed is halved at exhaustion too. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I I'm going to to take Lizette's arm and uh, hobble along, uh, struggling both both physically to keep up and and clearly like looking down at the ground, uh, and as a result taking much shorter steps and struggling just in general to, to follow along, even though we're only probably what a couple of hours in. Yeah. Like it's like one hour in so far, but yeah, it's just that feeling of cold. Uh, and yeah, 
Um, perfect. Uh, as after about an hour of walking like this, um, Salem, you've you're kind of you you still feel that sense of loneliness, but you're also feeling a sense of compassion and friendship from your companions. Can everyone please roll another constitution saving throw? Uh, Salem, can you please roll at advantage? I was going to actually ask, oh, yeah. I start playing a counter charm? Even if it's Ooh. not like a charm or anything, it's just, uh, this is like the situation where I think I could, like, Cricket's yes. kind of feeling a bit useless and stuck in the situation. Everyone's struggling around him. So even if it's just like a small tune, he just wants to liven people up somehow. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. It, it's advantage against fear or like uh charm charm things. So it's 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 probably not even against this, but it's that's what he's doing. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Uh yeah, so everyone can roll another constitution saving throw. And Salem, you can roll with advantage as you feel a little bit of warmth from just your friends flooding towards you. But a uh three and oh. A natural 20. Oh my god, oh let's my go. Okay. <laughs> that is perfect. That is so narratively perfect. <clears throat> uh, because as this like warmth of your friends flows into you, uh, you kind of are able to combat that negative feeling, that sense of sadness and loneliness that came with that unbidden memory. It kind of leaves you and you feel yourself warm up a little bit and you are able to actually walk back at your normal speed you only have one level of exhaustion now salem's still going to to cry quietly at the sound of music as the memory takes a little bit longer to them but um they will move a little bit more uh, a little bit more easily and continue following along. Perfect. Uh, and what did everybody else get for their uh, for their constitution saving throw? I also got a natural 20. Oh my god. Oh, oh, oh that's amazing. We need that right now. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, all right. What else? Just before we figure out what goes on with that natural 20, uh, what else is rolled? 14. 14? I got an 11, I got a 7. Okay. The plus 3? Yeah, that's with the plus 3. Oof. I think, um, <laughs> I think with two natural 20s, um, again, Cricket, you actually feel a little bit of that kind of friendship warmth flowing through, and you don't gain a level of exhaustion, even though this cold begins to seep into your bones. Yes. You feel this, like, kind of like this is a magical cold and you get the sense that it's not just about the cold. It's not just about the air temperature. It is also about how you are internally. And I think with, uh, with two natural twenties in the group, uh, yeah, you're just able to avoid taking a level of exhaustion. Cool. And I'm just going to roll something. I'm going to go in Zencaster order. So Cricket's one, Longland's two, uh, Salem's three, and Lizette is four. 
I got a two. So Lonlin, can you please roll me a, a d10, please? Uh, that's a nine. A nine. Oh, great. Okay. Um, you come across another village. It is very similar to the one you encountered great. before. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Our yeah. mental is down we are <laughs> at the place where diamonds are made uh. <laughs> uh yeah you come to another village you come across it it's got a whole bunch of rectilinear forms um the snow slopes inwards towards the town center and again you see a bunch of dwarven and gnomish figures frozen in ice with terror on their face well shit i mean <laughs> Is it is it good? I know. I okay. This is shit, but I think we're getting closer. <sighs> Taking that bat, I suppose. I'm trying to get a quick break or power through. I have a sneaking suspicion that if we stop moving, it might get worse. Valid. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you keep walking, and again after about another hour of walking you feel this cold again is like it's taking its toll uh you are hardy adventures but it is it's now been three hours in the cold can everyone please make me another constitution saving throw uh no advantage this time yeah, yes advantage this time i'm using human determination <laughs> <laughs> I <need it. laughs> that is a uh 16 nice this dice is treating me well today 25 Oh, baby. Yeah, I got a 16. Uh, okay. What did you get, Craig? 19. Nice. I have relief. Nice. <laughs> because it was a 2 and do a 19. Oh. Uh, well, I also got a nat 20. Oh, <laughs> no dirty 20s here, only clean 20s. Hey. <laughs> dirty 20s was the beginning of the session. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn. That was a good joke. That was really good. That was really solid. Uh, perfect. All right. Uh, with a uh, natural 20. Um, so you guys, I think you are continue moving. It's probably about three or four in the afternoon now. Um, you continue walking and uh, with a natural 20, you actually make up a little bit of time. You kind of, um, you get a little bit farther ahead than Pierre was thinking that you would. Can everyone please roll me another constitution saving throw at the end of this next hour? And what I'm going to say is, well, with that natural 20 from before, if anybody fails, they will have a one chance, they'll have a chance to re-roll. Marcus, I got another natural 20. <laughs> Oh my oh. god! What is going on? I'm trying, to so I'm trying to uh, make we're you all of them now. When we get to like the big fight, we're gonna be so screwed. No, it's okay. I, I'm, clearly, my dice luck will, will carry us through. That's how that works because I've got another four. Oh no! Okay, seven what? after the plus three. Hey, okay, guess what? Well, Same here. Okay, with uh, seven, so a natural twenty last time. Uh, Cricket, can you please re-roll yours? And with uh, 
Lizette's natural 20 this time. Salem, can you please re-roll yours? I roll another four! <laughs> right? I'm looking back at this. I <laughs> rolled three out of the last four rolls with a four. Wow. What is four? Illuminati. Stop <laughs> this. I got five to an eight. Oh, no! Oh, no. And, uh, Longman, what did you get? I rolled a nine the first time. Oh, God. As uh, you continue walking, you kind of make up a little bit of speed, and I think you actually overexert yourself a little bit, and there's just that little, like, bit of sweat that you pause to take a tiny, like, breather, have a drink of water and everything, and in that pause, it just begins to freeze, and the three of you feel that cold flow into you. Um, actually, sorry, I, hold on, uh, Lonlin, I did say that if anybody failed, they would get a chance to reroll, so Lonlin, oh. see if you, see if you reroll. Uh, that, it, oh, uh, that's an 11 on the dice, so that's 17. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Lonlin, you feel this cold enter into you, uh, but you kind of shrug it away. Um, you're able to muster whatever internal fortitude, um, and you keep going. Uh, but Salem and Cricket, even though you feel this like warmth from your friends, your companions, you feel cold seep into your bones as you begin to shiver and shake and you each gain one level of exhaustion so i believe that's two and one now uh salem has two i believe now um perfect uh and again i'm just gonna roll a d4 uh i already had lonlin so no it's not gonna be lonlin again okay uh <laughs> i rolled the d4 like three times and it kept coming up as a two i'm like no she they already rolled it She's dead to us now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Cricket, can you please roll a d10 for me? All right. Uh, okay. Seven. Seven. Perfect. With a seven, you, uh, at kind of the end of this fourth hour of travel, as that cold begins to seep into your bones, uh, you hear uh coming from somewhere ahead of you and stepping out of the like path in front of you stepping out from behind some of these gnarled twisted trees you see a humanoid like shape probably 14 feet tall covered in just white white fur um uh and as you look amidst this swirling snow you see absolutely uh black eyes but you see four of them two where they're supposed to be two above um and you see from its one hand it's holding what looks to be just a chunk of tree uh covered in gore that is frozen to the outside but in its other hand, it's not holding anything, and it seems to have a big gash along its forearm, and it is bleeding, but it is not bleeding red. It is instead bleeding almost literal darkness, as 
whatever is emanating from this is like swirling around it. And that hand seems to disappear in shadows and darkness and then reappears. And this thing looks at you. All four of the eyes flash with this anger and this pain and this just horrible menace. It opens its jaw, screams at you, and begins charging. And that's where we're going to end our session today. Oh my god. (laughs) maybe, Maybe next session we'll roll better. Tune in next time for another exciting adventure in the Dirty Twenties. How will our heroes fare against this menacing foe? What awaits them in the mines below the glacier? And which of my players will be the first to make a cheap slapping sound? Tune in to find out. In the meantime, visit www.dirty20spodcast.com all spelled out, to be the Snowy Owl's sweetheart. If you want to contact us, you can send us an email at dirty20spodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and if you send us any fan art, we'll be sure to add it to the website. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whichever podcasting app you use. My name is Marcus Stusick. My players were Craig Chapman, Richard Chapman, Toby McGowan, and Emily White. Until next time, friends, stay safe, stay kind, and don't take any wooden nickels. Marcus, why do you hurt us, though? This session on field. Marcus woke up this morning and went, how can I hurt my players? Yeah. Uh, turns out I'm actually very sadistic. And I don't present as such, but I, I relish the chance sometimes to I hurt choose, my friends. I choose to believe this is all because we made Marcus name everything based on the identity. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. And we had it coming.